Hey, it's Espo back to tell you about DraftKings. The games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at $50,000 in cash prizes. Yeah, you heard that right. A shot at up to $50,000. And the best part, it's completely free to play. Yeah, you heard that right. Free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to the pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve a victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to Team USA. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. No hassle, no problems. That's what DraftKings does for you. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Tim Kitzer here, the voice of NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Welcome to the Solar Panel. Tonight's matchup, Espo versus the Silver Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Boomer Shakalaka. Ahoy, ahoy. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, again, rabbit ears in, in the West Valley, however you're getting us. Here live on the show. We appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers, more than you know. I am your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. And joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the silver fox. And we promise that hair is still beautiful and silver under that hat. It is Dave King. Dave, how are you? <laughs> You're just going to look at my beard. That's exactly what the rest <laughs> of it looks like. I'm not even going to go there. And uh, <laughs> and we have the Carmel Thunder from down under. It is Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you, sir? Good morning, ladies. Only, only ladies, the ladies in the only chat. to the ladies, ladies. Only to the to one the ladies. lady that listens to the show. That's oh, it. That's it. Well, my good. fiance. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> lady, D- digging the hat there, Saul. A, Thank a you. Sharp Thank you. Looking at just just sports. There you go. Sponsor oh, us. How about that? Even, we don't even have a, a deal with them, and we're just dropping <laughs> names. And speaking of dropping names, it's time to drop one from ESPN. It is our friend Bobby Marks is joining us on the program, Bobby. How are you, man? Last time we saw you, you were saying Suns and Nine. I am still waiting for those last three games of the series. It w- hey, I'm still staying with Suns and Five because I know that game, what was that, game four could have gone either way. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was a good series, though. I mean, it was uh, – Giannis just made that incredible play for It could have fl- – you know, it could have – you know, it could have went either way. I mean, it really could have. And as you guys know, Giannis was out of his mind and – game uh, six and none of us thought he'd make uh, 17 and 19 from the free throw line and now we are in the off season well, we like- still have ptsd from that bobby Thanks. <laughs> yeah uh, look, if look. he'd have just made his normal amount of free throws 
<laughs> look, yeah. look, very much like when I was on the dating scene, I'm just going to stuff it down deep and move on as fast <laughs> as I can. Whoa, right? what? As in, as in when I break up with somebody. When I break up with somebody, I'm going to stuff the feelings down deep and I'm going to move on to the next person. I can't even Please, believe. Guys, oh, my God. Bobby, I apologize Bobby, for this. Too gentlemen. early for this nonsense Bobby, right now. Bobby, I apologize oh, for these two gentlemen. Emotional feelings, stuffing them down deep and moving on to the next thing. Thank you. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk about what occurred on draft night, Bobby. The Suns had the 29th pick. They decided to ship that out with Javon Carter to land Landry Shamit. What are your thoughts on the move and where do you kind of grade what James Jones did there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost similar to what Brooklyn did the year before when they moved out of, um, I think they were at 19 and they traded that. It was part of a three-team deal with Detroit and the Clippers and they got Landry Sham in that deal. Um, 19 went to the Pistons and Pistons wound up taking Sadiq Bey in that, in that trade, which actually turned out to be a nice player. But I think... I think based on where um, you know Phoenix's timeline is, is like how do we parlay the 28th pick, which turned into, um, um, uh, or the, I think it was the 29th pick, which has turned into Daron Sharp, who's you know uh, will probably be a rotational player down the road. I mean, you were looking at like an 18-year-old Jaden Springer, like how can is that player help you? Right. So you're looking at the timeline of your roster. Um, you know, certainly with with Chris back likely, and with Aiton Bridges, the, the group there. To kind of get a guy who you can have, um, you know, much needed bench support, um, and you know, your because your options in free agency are going to be somewhat limited. Certainly, if you bring back campaign, so you get a score off your bench. I mean, that's kind of how mm-hmm. I look at it um, on a on a cheap one year contract, and you have to figure out as far another guy that's extension eligible yeah. with the other two. Um, but I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm fine. I mean, this roster, you have enough young players on your roster. It's not like it's an old team, um, and it would, it would have been a, a probably a learning curve of, of two years if you went that route, and you're in kind of a little bit of a win now mode. So it's a little bit interesting that uh, this, you're right. The Suns are a young team. They were one of the youngest teams uh, to make, you know, the Final Four basically this year and and most years because they have so many guys who are 25 or under uh, just about everybody except for Jay Crowder and, and, um, and Chris Paul. So that's great. But having said that Landry Shamit is still about the age of a couple of the guys they could have drafted if they wanted to go old in the draft. Um, I'm trying to think of the one guy in particular who's older Duarte might be older than Landry Shamit right now. And um, Landry Shamit is just as, as just turned 24 He's still like the third youngest guy on the team, <laughs> um, and they're not an old team. So that's quite interesting. Landry, I think he obviously, as you said, he fits the timeline. He's better um, as a shooter and all that, so that's that's a good pickup for the Suns. But what do you think about, Bobby, considering the Suns, that it's also come out that the Suns have basically filled their summer league team with Euro players who are in their mid to late 20s, and the only actual um, – team oriented guys the guys on the team excuse me as it would be uh jalen smith and then uh tyshawn alexander is coming back from his two ways still going to play at least in summer league for the suns what do you think about the tactic of you really think the suns are are doing fine enough that they don't even need to look for young young prospects anymore at all even in summer league what do you think about that tactic 
Well, I mean, I think usually what happens too is you usually cherry pick guys off other teams. I mean, that's at the reality of it. If you're going to sign guys True. to two ways, you're just kind of pulling. You're 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 not just evaluating your roster. You're evaluating you know you're evaluating the other thirty teams who are in in Vegas or you know Salt Lake or Sacramento. Um, so like I've seen situations where like you know a guy goes off in two games and then like that team another team signs them to like a two way. <laughs> You know, like, so it's, I think there's, um, you're not, it's not kind of territorial as far as just because you are, you know, the guys you have on your roster, those are the the only ones you are going to be pulling from. If it's your 14th roster spot or your 15th roster spot, um, or if it's your, you know, if you have an open two way there, exhibit tens, um, which is another extension that kind of goes to your G league team. So I'm, I'm fine with, um, I'm fine with the summer league. Uh, process. I mean, I've been part of summer league pro- rosters that we've put together that have like gone over and, you know, and have actually turned out better. Some of those players have turned out better than what we saw on the court. And I've seen some rosters that have been really good here. So um, it doesn't, it's an interesting tactic. I've not really seen something like that before um, where you, ba- it's basically kind of like a European-ish type, um, you know, as far as guys that are on that, um, uh, on that roster here. But yeah, I'm, it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me just because I think you you're the the pool of players that you can kind of just select from is so big right now sure what about you know I, I talk me off the ledge here yeah I feel like the Suns need one more player I feel like they need that just one guy at least that can create his own shot um, am I wrong in that thinking or is and and is there somebody out there that they could afford to be able to do that no, I don't think you're wrong in your in your thinking. I mean, I think when you look at the roster, um, you know, there is probably a, a there is a hole there. Um, certainly from a from a bench standpoint, I know Shamit fit, fits a little bit of that just because he can he can get his uh, he can get his shot off. I just think it's going to be a matter of like what is what is ownership comfortable spending. I mean, that's going to be the you know the big thing is you know, we'll see what happens with with Cam. Um, and but the likelihood is that you probably have your five. Five nine tax here five nine mid level. If, if you know, you don't want to trigger the hard cap. I think that's probably the one thing. So what can five? You're you're basically in the deep end with the other teams. You know what can five point nine million dollars get you? Um, get you in free agency. You know there's a there's a lot of um, quality wings out there, but those guys are are going to be expensive. You know the Hardaways, the Fourniers, um, Norm Powells of the world. Um, Duncan Robinson's going to be expensive. Guys like that. So. Um, everybody's looking for him. Doug McDermott's another name. He's he's probably ten to twelve million dollars, I, I think, um, that will cost. So, um, but yeah, that I think if 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 there's a, a position of need, that's probably it. I mean, it's probably that. You know, can you get a um, you know, with Dario out, you, you're probably going to yeah. need some type of insurance yeah. there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Your first round pick from last year, you, you I mean. If there's probably an Achilles, it's probably of what James has done. Um, I mean, they, and he's done a great job. It's probably like, and we'll see where that goes. Like, that's probably your your glaring miss right now, as big, far as based on, man. yeah, and based on kind of like who went after um, 
You know, I mean, yeah. like Halliburton would have been perfect. <laughs> you know, like that would have been like, um, you know, I don't think we have to talk about yeah, that I right just, now. But <laughs> I, I just, I just feel like DeAndre and Mikhail and Cam between those three, they have to take a significant jump. Yeah. In order to keep the offensive firepower where it needs to be, in order to get back to the finals, possibly next year. Yeah, I, I totally. Um, I'm actually pulling up some free agents too. I mean, I, I totally, um, I totally agree. I mean, it's a lot of there's a lot of veterans out there, like the Ellingtons, the Garrett Temples. Alec, I think Alec Burks is probably going to be probably a little bit too. I mean, Alec Burks would be great. You know, like mm -hmm. I think he'd be a little bit probably out of your, you know, out of your reach. Malik Monk could be an interesting flyer. You know, I don't think they're gonna. Um, I don't think they're gonna give him a, a qualifying offer. But do you and see after having creation. acquired Landry Shamit? Yeah, another small guard. You know, doing that. Yeah, I mean, like, if yeah, you like I mean, him enough. Yeah, I mean, like the the wings. I mean, you know, I just don't see a guy in that that four to five million dollar range that just can kind of move the kind of move the needle a little bit here. Hey, Bobby, can we talk about the 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 cap the spending limits for a second yeah um, not everybody stays up on that and the suns sure. have been a cap team for years so when you talk about the five nine tell us more yeah. about what you mean yeah so every team has exceptions actually i'm going to put a video up later today to kind of just talk because the sign and trade method is kind of throwing everybody off as far as like who gets hard capped all that whole thing like so every every team has um some type of exceptions that you can sign a player. So if you're a team that's under the salary cap, so you're looking at teams like New York this year, possibly San Antonio, besides cap space, you have a $4.9 million room exception. That's something that um, Phoenix has had, I think, in the past. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a, and I have an article up, that's called the spending tiers of free agency. If you're a team that's kind of like in that in-between, like you're not, you're not under the cap, but you're not really close to the luxury tax, um, let's say, um, Detroit's a good example of a team like that. Then you have two exceptions. You have your $9.5 million mid-level, and then you have a biannual exception, which is at 3.7. The biannuals, you can only sign a player um, to a two-year contract. If you use the biannual, you lose it for the following year. So it kind of just goes away. The mid-level, you, you get every year. So if you use the mid-level this year, you can use it next year. You can sign a player up to four years. So those were guys like Montrez Harrell, Serge Ibaka, Crowder, Jay Crowder was signed to yeah. the mid-level, um, the mid-level exception. The tricky part is, is that if you use more than 5.9 of your mid-level or the biannual or acquire a player in a signing trade, you trigger your hard cap, right? The hard cap is a threshold that you cannot exceed. So it's 143 million. It's going to be $143 million this year. So you cannot exceed it for no matter what, like there's like, it's a hard, sorry, I call it a hard cap here. So that's why we kind of say like 5.9 is kind of like your number to just keep an eye on. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, those are your type of exceptions, you know, teams like Brooklyn and golden state are who, who have blown past the luxury tax already. Like the five, nine is already designated. Like there's no way they can use that exception. So those are the type of resources. You've got your veteran minimum exception, which were guys like Langston and Etwan, guys like that signed, um, uh, you know, a year ago here. So those are, those are your, your resources to, um, you know, to, uh, to improve your team besides the trade. The, the sign and trade, and this was in, uh, implemented a couple of years ago, the rule there is that you can, um, you, if you have a free agent on your roster, you can sign and trade him to another team and take back players that are under contract. And that doesn't trigger the hard cap. 
what triggers a hard cap is if the Lakers want to go out and get DeMar DeRozan and sign in and send Dennis Schroeder in a, in a double sign and trade. Well, DeRozan's coming back in a sign and trade. You can't do that. That triggers the hard cap. You can't exceed $143 million. So those are, um, yeah. So those are the kind of tech, the easy way to try to learn the technicalities of, uh, of these exceptions here. So, well, go, go ahead. Espo. I was just going to ask in terms of, excuse me, in terms of, Chris Paul, how much is that going to play in in here? Can they get some relief by potentially structuring an extension in a way that could help them this year? Is is there something that they can do to free up some additional money there? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to be over the cap, right? There's no way, there's no ifs, ands, and buts, right? You're going to be you're yeah. going to be over the salary cap, which is fine. I think for Chris, I think the big thing was so he's at forty forty four million dollars is that player option that you know we'll learn in a couple days if it's going to be extended upon he's going to be a free agent and i think if he's a free agent there's already a deal to be made here like it's hard to put leave 44 on a table unless you know you have something coming back i think the most the most logical thing would be is for um to lower the number so let's say maybe we lower it to 30 okay and we go off of that um you can go up to four years Okay. Um, we're not going to bore the people about the over 36 rule, over 38 rule, and, and kind of go into that whole technicality. So you can go up to four years, but I think you go, you go 30, and then you go up, you know, maybe it's 3.3 next year. Maybe the following year, you, you know, it's 36, and there's some partial guarantee. Maybe there's a non guarantee on the fourth year here. And you kind of make up some of that money that he lost on kind of on the back end. And what that does is that, that lowers your number this year where maybe you can, maybe cam comes back, you know, I mean, cam the cam number is that set in stone because he's got early bird rights, early bird rights, average player salary. So you can only pay him up to $10.4 million, which I think that's kind of where his market is. So that would probably put you under the luxury tax this year. Um, it doesn't set the, the, the time, you know, the, the clock on that. So I think that's, that's the most logical thing for, from, a, from both sides is that, how do we lower the number this year from 44 to 33 or 34, but maybe make it up on the, on the back end here. But the back end is when Aiton and Bridges extension starts. So you're kind of just like, you're just moving money around, right? You're not going to yeah. get hit hard now, but you might ha- you get hit hard on, on the back end. So we have a couple of questions from the chat. Um, first from blaze Megatron. Uh, <clears throat> he says, uh, would anyone play for the suns for cheap or are we not that level of attractiveness for free agents? No, I, I just, I think you are. I don't, I totally are. I mean, based on, Hey, you just went to the finals, right? Mm-hmm. You have basically the same roster back. I think, I think playing for money is totally attractive, right? I think like guys want to play for guy like a coach like that. Um, you, the the off court you're in warm weather like like a lot of people like living in warm i know i do um you know you're in warm weather so there's an off court appeal to that um and guys want to win you know guys get at certain levels um of their careers where they've made 150 million dollars and you will come for the veteran minimum exception at two point you know 2.8 million dollars here so yeah i definitely think I definitely think Phoenix is, it should be a destination, just like it is for maybe the LA teams, or um, you know maybe Brooklyn, or you know well, some of those other teams. But yeah, I I, I do think guys would come here um, if they're taking a little bit of a of a discount. And then you mentioned big men earlier in the show. 
but uh, which big man in free agency would be the best fit and make the most sense if if you were uh, going after one for the Suns? Yeah, I mean, I would, I'd, I'd be interested in what the price tag for Nick Batum is. I mean, I, that's kind of what I, as far as a guy coming off your bench here, and maybe you can play some five for you. Um, he's got non-bird rights with the Clips, uh, meaning that they can either you know, pay him up to like three million, or um, they can use their tax mid-level, which is that five nine number. Um, and he's also still getting paid by Charlotte, so he's getting like nine point. He's doing pretty well, you know, three million because he got that money stretched um, there. Um, so I would think I'd be curious about what Batum is. Um, you know, I think it's an older group of fours. You know, you're looking at the group of like the Jeff Greens, the Millsaps, that kind of you know guy that maybe can come up. Jeff Green's an interesting name because he was really yeah. good. In, he was really good in Brooklyn. He wasn't good in Utah, but he was really good in um, he was good Brooklyn in Brooklyn this past year. He was probably one of their better bench players. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a name. Is Daniel Tice outside their price range. I, yeah, I think he's gonna. I mean, he might be a guy who goes off the board right away. I think mid level money for him. Oh, um, he's this yeah. year. Okay, Moscow. Yeah, I think you're gonna you see like three years, twenty seven million for um for uh, for a guy like Tice here. Um, I, I'd be careful get trying to go get another center. Um, just because of, I want to see what your rookie can do. Or, I mean, I guess he's not a rookie anymore, but, um, what Jalen can do. I mean, the centers are, <clears throat> you know, Nerland's Noel. Those are your type of guys. Um, <clears throat> Cody Zeller, Ken Birch, Cantor, Lopez, you know, guys like that. That's kind of your, your mixed bag of, uh, of, um, you know, of centers. If you're in that tax mid-level range here, there, I mean, there's a couple minimum guys out there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of. I mean, as I said, I would be looking more for a four, a four, some type of stretch four that can kind of give you some, you know, switch Sarge out. And then, there's a it, lot of uh, fascination with Zeller and and Noel in in Suns land. Uh, you just don't feel that those are, are kind of the right fit. Is it is it money? Is it just as you mentioned? You'd focus more on a four and hope Jalen Smith can play those backup five minutes potentially. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I, I mean I don't probably don't want to go, you know, too big, you know, from a depth standpoint where you're basically having three bit. You know, I'd rather kind of, I'd rather go a little bit probably smaller. Um, you know, with, with that, you know, viewpoint as far as if you can get a get a stretch four, maybe get a three. You know, guys, you said can, guy can come off the bench and make a shot. Um, in order to afford one of these guys, uh, will the Suns apply for the disabled player exception for Dario? Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I think they will and they should. Um, the league, so what happens is the league will determine if Sario if Dario will be out. I feel like I'm, I'm Kendrick Perkins right now. I'm like, I'm like, we're pretty like, I just said Sario, Sario, not, not Moses Moody, <laughs> Sario, Dario. <laughs> He's very uh, Sario that he hurt his knee. <laughs> yeah, they'll um, the league will determine if, if Dario will be out until um, basically the end of the finals of 2022. So it's like mid June, that's like the timeline there and if they determine that which for an uh, ACL right I mean that's yeah I mean I think they, they will it's it'll be um, uh, 50% of his salary um, so you're looking at like that four and change and the rules on a DPE are you can sign a player to a one-year contract or you can acquire a player on a one-year um, on, on a one-year contract hard cap doesn't hard cap doesn't get triggered or anything like that so it's another resource for you to have just in case like you know hey it's better you know it's 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 more than the minimum a little bit less than some of these other exceptions but i do think they will apply for that and um 
probably something they probably already have the paperwork in that they've sent to the to the um, to the league. Does the player have okay. to agree on that? Out no of curiosity. Nope. The player doesn't have to agree on um, because it doesn't impact him at all as far yeah. from a salary standpoint. Um, he's still getting his. Full, he's not um, allowed to. But uh, but there has to be evidence. That you he have to have a roster spot. I mean, that's the big season, thing. Right? Yeah, he, the league will have an independent doctor or doctors with probably the PA. They have to determine that he'll be out for the whole year. But it doesn't impact the player because, like, if Sarge comes back in, um, let's say March, great, he's back early. You know, you're not going to be. You don't have to waive the guy you okay. signed to that. So there's okay. no, there's no, uh, there's no impact there. Here's the question. Uh, you know, you were talking about stretch fours. I'm kind of of the mindset that I would like to see somebody back up Aiden. Um, and, and the name I keep thinking about is Javel McGee. Yeah. Um, uh, what What do you think are the chances maybe the Suns will, will entertain a, uh, an offer like that? I think that's a great name. It's probably a guy on a veteran minimum. I mean, I think that's kind of where Javel is, um, you know, which is like 2 8 to 3 0. I think he's got. Um, I think he's got value coming off your bench. I can give. You, I think he can give you some spot minutes, kind of a, a shot blocking big. Yeah. Knows his role at this point of his, uh, you know, at the, at his point of his, his career. I mean, you guys like you know Gorgie Jang. We'll see what his market will be. Biombo, you know, guys who are at the you know the vet minimum who have been around um, yeah. around the league for um, a long time. So yeah, I think those are kind of that's the kind of names that you'll. You'll, you'll, uh, Zeller would be interesting. I think Zeller would be interesting just because he started, um, I think, and he, you know, he had a, he was on with Woj on the podcast and he basically yeah. said, like, I've, I've made, you know, he's made some pretty that. decent money, probably over 70, 75 million. Like, I want to like win now. Like, my next thing is, is so where's the market for him? And would, um, if he can get 3 million from Phoenix compared to 5 million from, I don't know. I don't want to hurt people, hurt people's feelings in Sacramento, Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> what would be it's okay. You're on a son's podcast. It's all right. Hey, the taxes are a lot higher too in, in California. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got, um, so it's day one of free agency. You're James Jones. Um, if, if the sons make a deal on day one of free agency, um, who do they, this is your, your B Nostradamus. Who do they sign? Day one, in house or out of their out, out of house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was, gonna, sorry. I was gonna cheat and just say Chris. Like, <laughs> I mean, um, shoot, that's a good question. I think you're gonna be kind you're, of in a, you're fighting the market, right? That's yeah, you're sitting back, you're letting the yeah. market set. You know, like so because you're you have guys out there who think they're gonna earn more than what what's out there, and I always say like, um, this market is the cap's only going to go up 3% from 109 to 112. And it's, so we're looking at like, there's, there's too many guys out there who think they're going to get caps. I call it cap space money. And there's just not enough teams. There's like the, like the Dennis Schroeders of the world cap space money. Like I don't see it right now, unless it's a, a signing trade. So the first day is you're really, you really see guys come off the board for like the tax mid level on on um on day one those are like day two and day three when you kind of let that market um let the market settle a little bit a guy and final question for you bobby before we let you get out of yeah. here but a guy that is has also fascinated a lot of uh sons nation 
hate saying that. I can't believe I just said that. Is uh, Lori Markinen? Yeah. Is, is that a guy that I assume he's far out of the price range that the Suns are going to look at? Interesting name. I think he's he's in the price range. If um, Chicago pull, they they sent him a qualify offer. I think yesterday uh, they yeah. have up to the thirteenth to pull it without his approval. If they need cap space, they're going to pull the QO. I think they're going to go after a point guard. Um, so then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And I just think it's a matter of where the, where Chris's number is. If Cam's back, I think if Cam is not back, then I think then he's probably, would he come for the mid level on a one year, one and one, um, to maybe kind of restore his value a little bit with the, you know, you basically kind of give him somewhat of a guarantee that you're going to play 25 minutes. He'd be great. I mean, that's the perfect fit there, but I just don't know if, I don't know if, 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 um, if you don't have, it's, I'm not sure if you have enough to kind of give him, but he's a guy who thinks he's cap space money also, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, maybe it's a team like he goes to New York or San, San Antonio on a one year, $15 million deal. And then like, you know, kind of restores his value. Well, Bobby, you are a guy that is always cap space money when you show up <laughs> here on the program. We really appreciate it. You can follow You're Bobby at Bobby Marks42 on Twitter. You can get everything that he does on ESPN.com and you can see him across the ESPN family of networks. Bobby, so happy to have you. Thank you for your insight today. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Thanks, it. Bobby. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Thanks, Bobby. Bobby Marks, always a pleasure to have on the program. And uh, Dave, thank you for sliding <coughs> into his DMs to get him here. Once yeah, again. Oh. Hey, speaking <laughs> of uh, sliding it. Um, so <laughs> Jim Rose asked a question. Um, yeah. Are the Suns still looking at Doug McDermott? And all I want to do is I just want to say, I don't know if, uh, sorry, just because you hear about whispers that a media person heard and you just hear about it today and the media person may have just put it up today, doesn't mean the rumor happened today. I think Doug McDermott was a target potentially before Landry Shamet was acquired. But even though they're different players, obviously, McDermott's 6'8", 6'9", Landry is only 6'4", they kind of play the same role of catch and shoot. So I don't know that the Suns would acquire both guys. Um, so when you hear, if you hear any Suns rumors, um, they could have been over any at any point in the last couple of weeks, not necessarily since the Shamit trade is all, all I want to play. Yeah. Well, and you got to also remember it's two sides that create rumors, right? There's the agents yeah. and there's mm -hmm. the teams in a lot of cases. And if those sources are coming from the agents, sometimes it's to up a prop up a player's value yeah. going into free agency as well. So a logical guy for a spot, an agent may say, yeah, I we've got interest. We've heard a little bit of a potential interest from them, and that becomes yeah. a rumor as well. This is a weird dance that's going to happen uh, over the next week that you're going to hear names, you're going to hear things, and yeah. just take it everything with a grain of salt because there's games, there's being agendas. Played. Yeah, everyone's yeah. got an agenda. And look, I don't want to. I know it's it's Jake Fisher who reported the uh, Suns' interest in Doug McDermott, and I don't want to do anything negative toward Jake Fisher. He's great. I, I know him personally. He's a good guy. He knows a lot of people in the league and he gets a lot of intel. So this is all valid. All I was pointing out is the point in time at which it was created and existed isn't necessarily the point in time you heard it. That's all. Let's talk about one thing that Bobby brought up that I don't know that I necessarily agree with. And I, I, I trust Bobby implicitly. Bobby knows a hell of a lot more about basketball than the three of us combined, having been around it and been in a, a front office. But 
do you agree with the assertion that they should be looking for a three or a four and not necessarily a primary backup for DeAndre Ayton? Because I feel like playing small actually hurt them uh, mm. in those finals. It's because they didn't have the right small. Yeah. I, I would say that. that. You know what I mean? I think their their mix, you know, after – once Sarich left – I think that's when you were like, okay, we're we're a little we're, we're, a little, we're a little effed now because well, it, we, we didn't have his a, own head. Thought we were effed the way he played. Yeah. He played a lot more timid. Well, I, I won't I won't I won't say it was in his head, but um, <laughs> he didn't play good. I will say that. Yes, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I just think that there, there was just no bona fide backup to Sarich. Yeah. Um, to to replace Sarich, and so yeah. you know, if you bring in this next person whoever it is, you know, you, you, you might have, a, let's just say this. If Dario was playing in this series and if we had good Dario, but potentially we win this series because we, we don't fall the apart in, in, certain, clutch in, games. Yeah. in certain stretches of, of the game. Right. And so you're looking for somebody that can, can fill those minutes and, and do what he did. So bringing on a Nick Batum or bringing on, I hate to say this too, but uh, Paul Millsap, who I do not want to see. Um, I thought you were going to say one of the Morris brothers, and I was going to. Well, you know, Marcus and and, and, and you know, I mean, absolutely, bring them on. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want to see them here. I was going to walk out. I literally hey, had comment. Uh, one thing about Dario is um, what's in interesting is, and this was an under, I think, under discussed storyline because I don't like taking charges. I don't like players. It's, it's not a thing, but a lot of players love taking charges except for anyone on the Suns. And Giannis led the league in offensive fouls committed the year before this, or maybe during this regular season. I'm not really sure, <clears throat> but um, uh, Dario would have taken a charge or two from Giannis is what I'm oh. getting at. Dude, and, after, after Tori took that charge, trust me, that got into everybody's head. I promise you. Oh yeah, where he looked like he died because yeah. Giannis just yeah. destroyed. Him. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they probably went. I don't really want to die. <laughs> Ew, hey, business decisions went way high after that for sure. Especially, especially everybody was like, "Oh no, Tory's basically done, and he's a free agent. Think of all the money." Like, no, but look, I, I, I agree. We brought up Batum as a name. I believe it was last week, one of the last two two shows we did, and it's intriguing to me uh, as well. I, if you're going to go a tweener guy, that name probably intrigues me the most of uh, of the group I've heard. I I was I, I, I've been in on New Orleans Noel because it gives you that if when when Aiton goes out, you get that defense, you get that rebounding from uh, from him. And and there's something appealing about that, right? Because what even when Dario was was there, when Aiton went off the floor, the dynamics of things changed so drastically. You weren't getting the same kind of, of player that you were getting with DA. And I feel like Noel could be a good stand-in, right? You could put him there and and, and he would do the things that, that Aiton does for you, obviously in a limited basis and, and not quite as well, but he'd be able to to stem that tide and then a guy that the name has become more and more intriguing with me over the last few days especially after listening to the the Woj pod that uh, that Bobby brought up is Cody Zeller. 
Yeah. The guy does a lot of things. Like you look at him and you think this is a 45 year old stay at home dad. When you just see the photo, <laughs> like if you're just looking at the headshot, but then you, I mean, when you look at his game, he does the little things that this team needs. He, he gets the rebounds. He's good in pick and roll. He, he's solid in defense. And he's a guy that's talking about, I want to take less to be with a team that's contending. Now, it's great to say that right now. When Penn comes to paper, we'll see. But that intrigues me as well. It seems like a guy that Monty Williams would really buy into as a potential backup. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> no, I agree. Um, you know, you, you're talking about, it, what what are your other options? You maybe you're bringing in uh, you're bringing back Frank Kaminsky. You know, like we, we that's not that's not the option, right? Um, I I like Cody Zeller for his rebounding. Um, fundamentally, he's a solid player. Uh, you know, he knows his role. You know, he plays his role very well. Um, so yeah, I could absolutely see him fitting in with in Monty's scheme. Um, and I think he would give you a little bit more than than what you were getting with Frank. Um, and maybe as much as you were getting from Dario. Um, just not the perimeter shooting as much, but you know, you're looking for somebody that's a solid backup big, not necessarily a stretch four. So um, I like Cody Zeller as a as a name. I like Nick Batum as a name. I think if listen, there's not gonna be a player that we that everybody that we get that everybody's gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe we got this dude. You know what I mean? Like it's just not gonna happen unless we made some blockbuster trade. Now yeah, that's my next. That's my it. next. That's that's my next question, and I, I wanted I wanted to pose that to you. If there was a scenario, let's just say there's two names that I keep thinking about, and man, I hope people don't get mad about this. But if there was a if there was a player that was available that was a high level player, and either Jay Crowder or Mikhail Bridges was a part of a scenario. To get this player now, I'm talking obviously. If you're if you're including Mikael Bridges, you're not talking about some mid-level exception type of player. Not even a Larry Markinen type of a player. I'm talking about somebody that's like a bona fide third star on this team. Um, would you do it? And what you, scenarios would you see? Do you have names in mind, Saul? I do not. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> I mean, I like Demar Derozan. Oh, but oh, I, oh, I don't I wouldn't trade one of those guys for Demar. But I. Again, I will get I, mad I, at I, you. I, I understand. If you say that name again, Demar. I hear it. The less I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think Jay I only Crowder, brought him up so I could say that. That's all. I, I think Jay Crowder. <laughs> of course, you did. So, uh, I think Jay Crowder is more likely than McHale for a. You don't want to deal potential. B. If you deal McHale Bridges, you're going to hear the. Joe Johnson. Oh, they didn't want to pay this, this guy, which is terrifying. This is this of. is a name that I actually think is is really intriguing to me. Pascal Siakam. Yeah, you think he wants out. He, he he wants out of of Kansas City slash Toronto, um, or wherever the hell Tampa they were playing Bay. Tampa Bay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <Kansas City. laughs> I thought it was Kansas. Yeah, City. Yeah. Tampa Bay, Kansas City, um, he wants out. He does not like playing for Nick Nurse. Um, that that's been kind of the scuttle, and now that Nick Lowry's gone or Kyle Lowry, god damn man, I'm a, Nick Lowry, wow. Nick Lowry from Bad Boys, you baby. Look at me, bring up Nick Lowry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean Pascal Siakam fills a lot of those those little holes, right? Yeah, having Pascal next to DeAndre, um, so you'd be okay. Would you trade? Let's let me back up. Would you trade DeAndre Aiden in a package for Pascal Siakam? No. Let's not do not bring up the trade DeAndre Ayton stuff. 
No, no, no I'm just no. Happening. I'm gauging no. you guys. I'm I'm just no. let's just talk through it. No, because 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 what you do is is you're trying to fill holes, right? Not create can, new ones. Can and I so pump you, the brakes on Siakam? You guys do realize he makes thirty million this year, <clears> and it escalates from there. So how the hell do you fit him in the cap? Like I, you'd have to. I don't know. The damn Warriors figure it out every fucking year. Look, I man, don't know. I would look. Uh, you can fit him in the. You can fit him in. <clears throat> You're expecting to spend around ten million. I know Bobby said five nine, but I think the Suns are going to do something with Chris Paul's contract to get him into the full mid level area. Easy. If you're expecting to spend around ten million on a free agent, uh, there is the I think there's 150, 175 percent, whatever it is, salary matching necessary. So Jay, and and just for the sake of discussion, I don't want to do this, but just for the sake of discussion, Jay, and and DeAndre Ayton can get you Pascal Siakam. Do you really? Would you do that? No, no I do. I maybe Jay. Am or Jay and well, I consider Jay and, and Cam Johnson. I don't know that Toronto. Uh, that one Jay. doesn't fit. They don't make quite enough money. You'd have to. The problem is with the Suns is that they have only got. I mean, Dario. Excuse me. Um, DeAndre is their third highest paid player, and he's only at twelve million or something. Yeah. Like Can that. you get somebody? Now this is. I should know this, <laughs> but could you get somebody to take to take to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, can you get somebody to take Dario's contract and then they uh, can inherit not with him not with him injured exception. but they can they can waive uh, they can accept an injured player right yeah but who's going to want to do that though because they get the exception yeah somebody might i mean somebody. shit um Oklahoma City Thunder's been taking players they don't want to play for the last two years so uh That's there true. there Look. could potentially be somebody who wants who would take Dario but the problem is they don't there's there there there's only a couple of teams out yeah. there. Is there anybody on the Thunder's roster? And the Suns would have to include a first round pick, which James doesn't care about anyway, so he might trade one. But they can't uh, include one until there's anyone on the Thunder roster <laughs> that you want for Dario. No. Well, look, let's let's. Do we even this. know who's on the Thunder roster right now? <laughs> Kemba Walker is the only guy. I think most I'm not gonna lie. I was like, no, because I don't know anybody. Look, yeah. Look, I love this trip to uh, to Fantasyland with Pascal Siakam. This is free agency, man. That's what we do. Stop pissing all over our parade, no, man. Ah. I, I want to get back to you, the core of your original question. Okay. Yes, I would okay. trade Jay Crowder. For for a piece that I think better helps, uh, or a package to get somebody in that yeah. that better helps, I would consider. Uh, the, the problem with Mikhail again is is salary. Unless you're getting another young potential guy, I'm I'm not doing that. And uh, you know, so like I would have to I would have to say no on Mikhail, and I don't want to give up on a guy that very well could become. A superstar. I don't want to relive Joe Johnson and the seven seconds or less sons. Mm -hmm. So the piece that I'm looking at, if you're going to make a move, is going to have to be, uh, is going to have to be Jay Crowder. And I think that is the one guy you look at and you go, Jay was nice to have, but yeah. is he integral to what you did? Does this team <clears throat> definitively change if you do not have Jay Crowder, but the piece you get back? can help is bad. I, yeah is bad. go ahead 
I, I think I think it just depends on who you're bringing in. Like, okay, and and only because it's recency and and in the chat, right? Lugensdorf, right? You bring it if you were to trade somebody and get like a Lugensdorf, right? Now I would never do that, but if you brought in somebody like that physically and defensively, absolutely matches up with what you've been doing. He brings that intensity, stuff like that. But offensively, uh, you miss those okay. peaks. Let's let's stay on fantasy land. Let's say let's say the Thunder do want to trade Ludor, trade Ludor because um yeah, the guy went undrafted two years ago, but now all of a sudden he wants to play for a winner. Let's just say he's forcing his way out. Would you trade? Because financially it's about an even swap with Cam Johnson. No. Would you trade Cam Johnson for Ludor? No. 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 Offensively, Cam Johnson is has got way higher upside. And defensively, he can hold his own enough. So what you're getting offensively from Lou Dort is far worse than what you're going to get defensively from Cam Johnson. So uh, well, uh, Lou Dort actually scored almost 40 in one game this past spring. <laughs> one game. One Look, game. Give me – I'm going to get roasted. For and Al Bundy had four touchdowns against Polk High, so, or he played for Polk he High. He played or, for Polk High. Yeah. Get it right, man. My bad, my bad. Number 33. Oh, what Polk about Pokashevsky? <laughs> anyways, look, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get killed. I think Cam Johnson has as much upside as Mikhail Bridges. Oh, no. yeah. I agree. No. I, I agree. No. God, you I agree. guys. I agree. You guys are way down on Mikhail Bridges then. No. I think – No. Mik no, but l listen. Mikhail has, has played better so far. Uh, in his in his career, I, I agree. I just think I, what I've seen from Cam Johnson and and what he can do, I think he has just as much upside as Mikael Bridges. Yeah. I just I don't I don't think that is <laughs> no. necessarily crazy. To, it's crazy, crazy to say. It's crazy to say. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I, what, okay, Dave. What in the NBA Finals? If you didn't know anything about the their their entire history, if you just watched the NBA Finals, would you still be saying that? Mikhail Bridges no, no. is the better. Cam Johnson had a better finals. Yes. Cam Johnson had a more uh visually uh, um, visual impact in the in the NBA finals for sure. But I think Mikel Mikel has the potential to be an all defense team like five times in his career. Um Cam Johnson does not. Neither is going to set the world on fire offensively. They're both going to be mostly three-point shooters who can sometimes um, score off the bounce. Mikel has more capacity for that. Um, I think Mikel's going to end up being um, 18 point, Tayshawn Prince type, 18 points a game, all defense, and a guy that every contender would love to have, and no one else is going to get besides the Suns. I, I think um, Cam I has trade more Mikkel. dog in him. I'm not saying trade him. I'm I'm just saying no, I know I Who's want got the higher on ceiling? the roster. I think I think Mikel has the higher ceiling for sure. Um, Cam is. He's just got that face everyone loves. I mean, so Cam's got the, you know, Cam's got the look that everyone falls in love with. I think Cam has. Did you guys see him post his baby him. picture? He looked exactly the same as his baby picture. Same hair. It was crazy. Same smile. Everything. Look, look, same hair. I, I just let's, think let's Cam ask, has has more dog in him. Let's ask the I chat like who has the most potential: Cam Johnson or Mikael Bridges? Look, I've already seen Nicholas Tan and Herbie. Uh, agree with me. These guys are geniuses in the chat, and they should be promoted to Dave's spot. You've never agreed with either of them before. No, I'm kidding. Those guys yeah, look, look, I, uh, I just, I look at it, and and the reason I bring that up is, I think Cam could fill a lot of what Jay gives you, if you trade Jay. 
I feel like he can get he can be that dog. He's not going to be as good defensively. Uh, I think that's a really good but... comp. I think that's a really good comp. Uh, Cam has a, a, a higher ceiling than Jay. I just don't think it's as high as Mikel. Mikel's higher than all of them. And that's fair. I think that it's fair for you to to have that opinion. I just I look at Cam and I'm extremely excited with what he can do. I think he could if you did trade Jay, he could fill a lot of that that Jay did. I look at him and I go, he has Dan Marley potential to me. He's Who Cam? Cam. He's a he's a guy that that has some of that grit, can hit that three. Early career Dan that, Marley. We'll see if he keeps going. Yeah. Yes, yes, early career. I'm not projecting. Right. He's not going to be necessarily be the third best guy on a on a title contender necessarily. I'm Dan, Mar- saying, right Dan, Dan Marley didn't yak on dudes like Cam has already in his career. Oh yes, so. he did early in his oh, career. That's why yeah, he was Marley named Thunder. was a dunker. Thunder, that was yeah, why he was exactly. nicknamed Thunder. He slammed yeah. on people early in his. He career. would have been lightning if he'd have just been a shooter. He slammed career. on people, or he just slammed. No, he slammed on people, on people. too. I mean, he didn't have the look. 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 He didn't dunk on people like like PJ Johnson has got dunked on. Yeah. Okay. Cam Johnson has the best dunk, individual dunk, but Dan Marley was much more physical in-game dunker than Cam Johnson's ever been. I mean, I can count on one hand how many good dunks Cam Johnson's had in the NBA. Two. Hold on. I uh, three you guys are making me do this crap go, go well on air. Go find it. I got Dan it Marley, right here. Dunk. Give me two seconds. This Let's is go. an iconic <laughs> thing that I'm going to show. I'm going to school saw book. There you go. Live please, on the program. Please, yes. Please. Thank you. Maybe please. I have completely forgot about Thunder Dan's ups. I'm I'm going. To I know that's why they call him Thunder okay. Dan, but all now I can you're I keep it. all I, I keep thinking about is just his uh you know his uh one handed. Can you? Here, you hear? Okay. You got, can you get me here? Right, get my new bull. All right, watch. He got my new bull right here. Okay, yeah, all right. He got one. Boom, on my new bull. Okay. There you right. go. That's one. Cool. Yeah. What? That's Give all me Cam's more than got? one that Cam has. <laughs> he has two. <laughs> actually, Cam's got one on eight. And he dunked on JaVale McGee. All right. I... I can keep He's searching, on a few but I don't yeah. think that would be real great for the audio listeners. By the way, to the audio listeners, that was a clip of Dan Marley posterizing Manute Bull. Yes, seven seven Manute Bull. But Saul doesn't think that that Dan Marley could dunk on people. So, yeah. Espo yeah. dunking on Saul. All right. Espo so anyway. dunking on Saul. Oh, now let's pull up the Espo dunking on. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Saul yeah. would have to be laying on the ground, like flat on his back for me to dunk <laughs> on him, actually. So look, uh, we're going to the eight foot hoops. Let's go. We we totally just took a very bizarre turn on so one thing yeah, James Jones said the other day that was interesting is he said they're 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 leaning in paraphrasing here, but they're leaning into continuity. I don't think the Suns are gonna consider trading either of Mikel or DeAndre Aiden, and certainly not Devin Booker or Paul. They're going for those top four being, um, you know, coming back next year, being uh, part of another finals run. They're counting on Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden and Mikel Bridges to continue to improve. Uh, whether anybody else in there is, like, considered untouchable in a big trade. I mean, James Jones has made some unexpectedly big trades in his career. Let's... Let's, let's let's be honest with that. It could happen. It could happen that the Suns could trade Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder. Um, they only have so many guys under 
contract anymore. Um, there's certainly <laughs> Jalen Smith, I would expect, is available. He makes 4.4 million, guys. He's like one of the higher paid guys on the team. Uh, so it's it's possible. I think what what's your over what raise your hand or tell me if you guys think the Suns will make a trade in the next few days. Man, I want to say of a key person that played in the finals. I want to say no, but I don't know, man. James Jones, I'm not going to put anything past him. You know, we don't know what that's the thing is like the 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 unknown is what goes on behind the scenes. You know how these guys are um, if they think that there's a better fit out there that James Jones wants to pull the trigger on. Um, and yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, but I, I would say I'm leaning like 90% no. The only way that some major trade happens is if the old Robert Sarver rears his head and says he's not going to pay one of these guys on an extension. No, no, I'm it, saying but below, below Mikel and DA. Like, okay. Do you Maybe. think there's an important, there's an important finals rotation player that gets traded this week below the top four? I highly doubt it. I think the Suns off season is very much going to be like a season of Saturday Night Live. You're going to add around the fringes, but you don't add a star. You hope your internal group uh, gets better and you get bring in people that help with that. I don't. Yeah. I do not see. I haven't watched any Saturday major Live in twenty move. years. What are we talking here? <laughs> you still get the premise. It's all the same crap. They don't. Yeah. They don't bring in. Hey, we added cast member Jamie Fox after uh, you know superstar Jamie Fox to the cast. They add in un, uh, a lot of lesser name people uh, as new cast members. That's what I think the Suns are going to do. They're going to add around the fridges a Landry Shamit here, maybe a Cody Zeller there, and then hope that Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, they grow that they take the steps that you need to see that growth to return back to the finals, even in a tougher Western Conference. Dude, going to the finals is the best thing that could have ever happened. That's the stupidest comment of the year. Obviously, <laughs> I just, I mean, obviously that's obvious. But what I'm going to say is like physically, Mikhail Bridges, I think understands like he's got to get stronger and he's got to get a little bit, he's got to get a little bit bigger um, because there were certain times like Middleton took his lunch. Um, and Middleton's, he was a little bit more physical than, than Mikhail and was able to get separation from Mikhail from time to time. And I think Mikhail learned a lot from that DA. I think, um, as we start next year, I would be shocked and also pissed if the Suns didn't make a concerted effort to start developing Deandre Aiden on the offensive side of the ball, more than just lobs and dunks, because if you don't get that to happen, it, you're just, you're risking the future runs that this team is going to need to make you know to go back to the nba finals you need da to be able to hit a 14-foot jump shot on a consistent basis you need da to be able to show some type of offensive repertoire outside of just right by the rim dunks and layups like you need more from da offensively i think his growth defensively was fantastic especially once we got to the playoffs i would love if we see that same growth offensively dude you're talking about somebody that could go to the all-star game like easily, so. Wait, the weight yeah. room needs to be the off-season MVP for the Suns. Yes, and the yeah, chat's talking uh, about yes. it too. Yeah. You got a lot yeah, of guys um, that they need to bulk up, right? Mm -hmm. The younger guys. James Jones said the other night that uh, the team just needs to get stronger and more mature. Um, and the, and he was talking a little bit about bringing in guys who are who are physically a little bit stronger. Doesn't this like he's he was literally using Landry Shamit as an example. 
of bigger than the backup guards that were on the team last year, besides Abdul Nader, I think. And, and one of the reasons Monty played Abdul Nader ahead of Moore and Galloway and Carter was because of size. Landry is only 6'4", 6'5", and he's not big, but he's bigger. So James is just looking for a little bit of upgrade on size, and I think he's talking about his own players getting bigger, as well as anyone he brings in being a little bit bigger than last year's guys. Um, I do expect they'll get a, uh, a backup center. I mean, if, if this week is, I didn't even thought about Nick Batum, but if this week is Nick Batum and JaVale McGee, that's a pretty good week, right? Oh, I would love that. I think that's a, that's a home run if you get those two in the fold for, for 2022, for sure. You know, I, I love Bobby Marks and I hate Bobby Marks because Bobby got me thinking about Lori Markinen again. And damn you, Bobby Marks. Like, Lori Markinen is the next I have some fascinating – look, I get it. He's not going to – it's not going it, to it, – it's this pipe dream that somehow that that he would become one of those missing pieces and they'd get him on a, on a team-favorable deal. It's not going to happen, and it's a nutty thought. But And I, I had gotten past it. And, and then Bobby was like, well, you know that I – Something that's like an ex-girlfriend. Like, you know, you've you got past her, got past her. Then somebody says, she asked about you yesterday. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you're back in the fold. Yep. I got the feels for Lori again. And it yeah. ain't good. <laughs> it ain't good. Yeah. So, but no, if, if it was, if that was the, the week, you know, Batum and, and McGee, <clears throat> I would, I'd be down for that. Now I don't yeah. expect McGee to sign next week since, you know, he's kind of busy in Japan, but yeah. maybe, maybe he will, but that's I true. Totally, it wouldn't be next week. It would be know, later I, in the summer, you know, but yeah, I can, I, I could feel that, but Hey, Hey Dave, uh, I know we're a little late in the show, but do you got anything for it? Ooh, Dave, stop me. <laughs> we just got a request in the chat for a cap me instead of a stat me um, to, I think Bobby glossed over it a little bit, but I want to point out that, <clears throat> with Chris Paul's current salary, the Suns are only eight and a half million under the luxury tax. And he was talking about this hard cap thing. That's only about six million over that. Um, if the Suns sign too many players and if they bring back campaign for 10, eight, you know, a year, they're going to be really tight on the cap. But I do think um, all you got to do is is read the tea leaves that are being laid out for us and know that Chris Paul is going to sign for somewhere around 30 to 35 um, on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or somewhere close to that. And then that gives the Suns another 10 million to spend. I, I fully expect the Suns will, will spend their, their entire MLE, um, which is around nine and a half, 10 million on top of making a good offer to bring campaign back, which is separate from that. So, but there are limitations after that. You've got maybe the Dario exception if he does the disabled. I like that idea, the disabled player exception if he doesn't have to agree to it or have to sit out the year. Um, and I, I and I like the uh, you know base the uh, biannual exception as well, which is around three million. You're going to get some good. You're going to get a good backup center that way. I do agree that uh, the Suns probably want to see if Jalen Smith can handle the backup uh, some backup minutes, so they don't want to go too big on a backup big man. Um, I like the Nick Batum part, but anyway, Suns will probably spend around 20 million in new money for campaign and or a replacement for him and a big man. Let me ask this, uh, and forgive me if if this is a dumb question, it probably is, but doesn't doesn't the order in which they sign guys impact how yeah. it plays with the cap as well? So we may yeah. hear of a deal. 
that that right. is official, but isn't official for a week or two as they stack these things on top of yeah. each other. Correct? Yeah, campaign would be the last to sign like it's been in prior years. Anytime you re-sign your own players, you do it last. If it's for more money than they made last year. Now with Chris Paul, they're going to want him to sign first to free up the space, but they'll probably have campaign if he comes back sign last because his are bird rights monies and you'd rather use your MLE first. And so yeah, one, you're right. Absolutely. One thing I don't think people realized with that draft trade is Shamit and Javon Carter basically were a straight flop, right? In terms of salaries. Yeah. And then you don't have to have the hold for the rookie anymore. So you, you don't have that money. So that's money you can play with in free agency as well, which is part of why that's true. So actually you're money. right. Absolutely. Right. Now they're around, you're absolutely right. 10.6 million without dropping cps um uh, without dropping cp salary at all you're right yeah which is a, a big reason why they made that move not only do they get better in terms of a rotation but they they also free up some cash right before we get out of here let's talk about the trade we didn't really talk about our thoughts on landry shaman we got a little bit from bobby but what were your thoughts on adding landry shaman to the roster saying goodbye to javon carter saul why don't we start with well, I mean, I like Javon, but uh, as evidenced in the playoffs, he didn't have a role. Um, and when you sh when you when you shorten up that rotation, that's when you see who who the coaches really trust <clears throat> versus who they don't. And uh, for whatever reason, they did not trust Javon Carter. Um, I thought that there was there was points in in certain series where he could have given you some minutes and he, maybe even a spark. Uh, you know, game three in the finals comes to mind when things were just kind of just not going their way. I thought maybe you should throw out Javon Carter and just see what you can get because uh, that 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 was one of those games where you just you needed a spark, you needed something, and uh, um, and I thought he could have been a pest. Uh, like he has proven to be. But uh, I like Landry Schmidt coming in, giving you uh, far more offensive firepower. Um, he's kind of a little bit of a pest out there. Not the greatest defensive player in the world, but um, you know he gives you w enough of what you need to get to the next point, which is bringing back the, the stars off the bench. And um, so I don't expect him to have a, a, a tremendously big role. Um, you know, I would say something like 10 to 15 minutes a game, maybe, um, you know, if things fall right. And then you know, you move on and you, you just understand it's basically a one for one swap outside of the, the draft pick. And you're getting a little bit more from the perimeter from somebody like Landry. Dave, your thoughts. Yeah, I think the same thing. Uh, people were asking, does that mean we don't bring Galloway back or, or Etwan back? I mean, probably those guys won't come back of their own accord because they're going to want to go to a team with a little bit more likelihood of getting minutes with Landry Shamet on the team. It's definitely, he's the fourth guard. Um, assuming campaign comes back and uh, those guys, none of those guys, each one or Langston is going to take minutes from whoever, even the sun's replace campaign with if campaign doesn't mm -hmm. come back, but I'm pretty sure he would. Um, so it's really just, it's really mostly a matter of does do the, um, uh, do the Phoenix suns want to bring back each one or Langston, or do they want to come back on a team that they almost certainly won't play for, which is pretty small. Uh, chance, but anyway, back to your question on on uh, what's Landry Shamit's impact on the team. I think he's definitely the fourth guard. He does play in the playoffs. He's been in the playoffs all three years of his career, um, although his role in the playoffs has been smaller than his role in the regular season. So he's probably more of a guy who consistently gets your regular season minutes and then has his then it's shrunk in the playoffs because of his defensive shortcomings. 
Yeah, Dave, I, I spoke to a former NBA executive who kind of gave me the same readout on that as well, is that this is a guy that will give you solid rotational minutes during the regular season and likely will shrink away in the playoffs unless he improves in certain aspects of his game. So not unlike what we saw with Javon Carter, but what I like about Shamit is he's a true backup shooting guard, I think, in terms of being able to come in give you some points uh, you know, from, from deep, spread that offense in, in that second unit, especially if you are planning on bringing campaign back. He seems like the kind of guy that when campaign cuts down that lane, you're going to be able to kick it to him and get quality threes. He shot almost 40% from three overall, 45% from three from the corners. So uh, that's what fascinates me a lot uh, about him. I think it's a great ad, and they do save – that money going to free agency on a draft pick that wasn't going to play any minutes. And without a G league team, what the hell's the point, right? You, you don't have a G league team that you control. So you're not, you're not stacking young talent to go yeah, try to, can find I, a gem can like I, that. can I correct a misnomer here? The G league's yes. always there. You can assign yes. anyone you want to the G league. Tyshawn Alexander can still be on the team as a two way. Uh, mostly playing with the G League. It's not a big deal that you don't own your own G League team. It's just they won't play the same style, and you can't guarantee them minutes. Jalen Smith got assigned to the G League this past year, and and a downside is, upside is he can be assigned to the G League. The downside is you can't control the minutes, and he didn't get many uh, yeah, when he it, did go down there. That's why they brought him back just to sit the bench. Well, yeah, that's the thing to me is if you don't have your own team, you can't instill or install what your plan is for that guy. You can't go, I want him to go down there, play this number of minutes, do these kind of things within our system. You're leaving it up to chance for somebody else to to hopefully give them some. I'm sure you have some say, but it's not like when you control. So that's why I don't think it was a big loss that you don't have the 29th pick. Uh, in the chat, I've seen the men mention of Bull Bull and Taco Fall. The I want both only because we can just say because you Taco showed that, that, that clip. It's the only reason I those know. guys' names came up. So during the draft, I wanted both of those guys picked by the Suns so we could have a Taco Bowl Tuesday. Taco and, uh, Bowl, just just for really dumb name things. I just saw that in the chat. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Or any predictions in what we will see as free agency begins? Well, the legal tampering period begins August second. That's like. That, that's like, hey, I'm going to go flirt with your girlfriend. I have I have four days to go flirt with your girlfriend during the legal tampering period. But so what, what is this <laughs> flirt with your girlfriend? Why why quotes? Like, isn't that just no, what you're going to do? Legal tampering is the quote. <laughs> not the go flirt with your girlfriend. I didn't stop when I really flirt. Espo's on a roll today. Hey, 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 you guys got to just your get your heads. Get your heads out of the gutter, all right? Uh, Dave, why don't you start with final thoughts and any uh, any predictions you have for the opening of free agency? Uh, I feel like uh, day one or two of free agency is simply going to be about Chris Paul and campaign. That's it. Nothing special. Um, the Suns are going to want to get deals. So they're going to have like uh, four or five, I mean, uh, good deals, value picks. So um, they're going to have four or five players that they would like to sign and they'll wait to get the lowest price on those players, you know, whichever doesn't sign right away. So I agree with Bobby. Daniel Tice probably goes off the board on day one. He's this year's uh, Timothy Moskov, probably something like that, where you're like, what? How did he get that much money? And then um, we'll just they'll just wait to see who who's still sitting there 
looking for a partner at the end of the week. And that's that's when we'll start see this, seeing the Suns make moves. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be pretty quiet um, outside of Chris Paul. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's like Bobby said, you're just kind of waiting for the market to settle itself. And that's the great thing about NBA free agency versus like, um, you know, like college athletes thinking that they're ready to go pro when they're clearly not ready to go because they're getting bad information. The market will correct itself. Um, and it will say like, no, you're not worth this much because nobody thinks you're worth this, this much. And so, um, yeah, there's players out there that think they're going to get, you know, a lot of money and they're not. And so you're hoping that one of those, you know, diamonds maybe falls down to you and you make a deal for them to come here on a one-year deal and, and, you know, help the Suns thrive and get back to the finals. Uh, I think you guys are right in Chris Paul and, uh, and, and, oh my gosh, wow. My brain just locked up there. Cam Chris John, Paul campaign, and campaign, campaign will be the uh, – th- that part won't make the audio. I'll cut it out. But, uh, yeah, campaign <laughs> and Chris Paul are the guys that get taken care of first. But I do think something surprising, not a trade necessarily, but something surprising comes in the first few days of that uh, of that legal tampering period where you go, wow, the Suns got that guy and on a, on a team-favorable deal because – that's how desirable playing for Monty is and what they showed by going to the finals yeah. last year. You're pushing, all your, you're pushing all your chips into the Larry Markinen table, aren't you? No, no. Oh, God. I actually, I actually think <laughs> – I would be saying maybe, the Suns got that guy for a different reason than you would. I actually think it'll probably be like a Nerland's Noel. I, I feel like that's the 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 guy that you'll go, oh, wow, they got him for that. I like that. You know, just a – a solid move to make it clear that I'm not as, or, I'm or not maybe as high. A I'm not as high on Nerlens Noel as you guys are. Maybe a Zeller as well. So, well, at uh, least that's what it is. I should say. Yeah, I think um, uh, <clears throat> I think there's a higher chance of a trade of a guy again. Uh, what I was saying before, uh, not including Da or Mikel or Booker or anybody like that. But I think there's going to be a trade. I, th- I don't think the Suns bring back the entire top six or seven. That plays oh, 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 well, there we, we have that to look forward to. Eric, in the that's chat not sourced people. at all. <laughs> that is I'm a just, that is an guess. opinion, a guess. Yes, yeah, all right. Uh, but Eric in the chat says he believes that Chris Paul will film at least one State Farm commercial between now and the next time we record. I think True. that is a safe bet. Will Devin Booker well. join Chris Paul in a State Farm commercial? Yeah, he will, he will be the the guy to jake he'll be the 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 fake jake in one of these commercials like drake was there you go there's some rhyming for you on a saturday morning drop me a beat we'll go a little freestyle at the end of a sun solar panel so that is the end of the program zenith phoenix just mentioned that would be a hell of a pickup if they could get I, I Larry agree. Nance Larry Nance Jr. is a guy that I think would be fantastic if you could could bring him in. I believe he's at around eleven million. If I'm correct, I may not be remembering it. And since we're at the end of the show, I'm not going to look that crap up. So uh, <laughs> this is the end of the program. As always, you can follow Dave King at Dave King NBA. The NBA is there because instead of giving you sourced information, he's going to go. Yeah, I think they might make a trade. So. <laughs> And you can follow the Carmel Thunder from down under Saul Bookman at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because Saul wants to get that, uh, secure that bag during this free agency period. And then you can follow at Espo uh, for me if you really want to. The show's <laughs> at Sun Solar Panel. Way to sell it. Way to sell Look it. Look at that. Eh, if you want to, you can. I don't care. Uh, and you can follow the show at Sun Solar Panel. Until next time.
Ahoy hoy. Finds the ball, Barkley puts it up, there's a count, it does, take 